Welcome to Piloting. I'm Melissa. And I'm Renee. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. Happy New Year! Happy, happy New Year! Lucky and grateful to be heading into 2024. We are. I have no idea what's in store this year, and I'm really excited for whatever that is. <laughs> Me too. I think we've. I've talked to you about this before, that I love that feeling of possibility at the beginning of a new mm-hmm. year, where I have some ideas of where I think the year is going to go or where I want it to go, but you know what they say, like, God laughs at your plans or... You know, like yeah, Khloe like- Kardashian is like the biggest fan of that quote. Oh, really? Actually, maybe I have. Yeah, heard I feel her like say she says in every episode. Show. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's true. Whenever I think something's going in one direction, I am surprised <laughs> by life. So, yeah. Um, yeah, really, really excited for this year and and what happens. Twenty twenty three, I feel like was full of a lot of plot twists. And I need to be better about capturing what I'm feeling and like what the sentiment is at the beginning of the year and then looking back on it and and seeing how that was because I am trying to remember what my headspace was at the beginning of 2023 and I honestly don't remember. At this moment, I can't even remember what I did for New Year's. Like I'm not even sure what I was doing this time of the year. (laughs) Yeah, and time passes. My memory, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> my memory is terrible. I I think for me, like the beginning of last year, or yeah, the beginning of last year, I was kind of scattered and like really unfocused. Mm. Like I I didn't have a word of the year, which isn't mandatory, but I'm someone who likes a little bit of that structure. I just. I was just so up in the air. And I think looking back on 2023, I can see how a lot of my plans and intentions for the year did not pan out because I was just sort of scattered brained Mm -hmm. throughout most of the year as well. Um, We're recording this in 2023 right now. So maybe for our next episode, when it's actually 2024 for our recording, we can share a little bit of like where we're starting the year at. Because I think I need a co- yeah. I need these last few days of December to just like wrap my mind around a couple of things and put pen to paper. Mm-hmm. I need like a couple more naps and <laughs> some like some good rest before I can like really let go in a good way of like 2023 and really, really start thinking about 2024. Um, but I'm excited for it. I, I I'm like you where I feel like a lot of this year I felt more scattered scatterbrained than normal. <laughs> I mean, I I I definitely feel like I've been scattered brain before, but I just feel like this year was like really intense with it and I didn't feel like as organized. For example, I did not feel organized at all for this holiday. I got it done. I did it. I crossed the finish line, but it honestly felt like hell getting there. And kind of like how you don't train for a marathon or a half marathon and those 13.2 miles or whatever it is now, 13.1 miles, it just feels like hell because you didn't train for it versus if you had actually trained for it, it wouldn't be as painful. Um, I feel like I just like didn't train myself (laughs) for anything this year. And so it just felt like a lot of like dragging my feet and procrastinating and not planning. Um, given there were some plot twists that I couldn't control, but I want to be better about it next year of just anticipating so that I am making room for things that I enjoy and can do. So going to noodle on the word of the year and use that as my my center of gravity. I love that I'm rubbing off on you and you're throwing in these analogies and metaphors. I love it. <laughs> My marathon one. Yeah, no, that was amazing. I, I know exactly what you mean, like just feeling unprepared. And I'm not a particularly organized person. I'm, I'm not type A. I'm not, you know, but I do have like a couple small things that just give like a little necessary structure to my life that 
when those few things are off, like they were at the beginning of 2023, my natural tendencies just completely took over. And I, like we, we call this podcast piloting. I was definitely in the passenger seat for a lot of this year. I felt like I was just being pulled in different directions and like, I wasn't really steering the car. Yeah. So definitely don't want to be along for the ride next year. Um, getting in the pilot seat. So, or this year, 2024. So really excited about that. (laughs) Well, and I think what we're talking about today um, is so critical for thinking about being better at planning around sort of like goal setting and things that you want to do. And that's professional development. And professional, I feel like professional development can also be coined and let me know if you've heard other definitions of this but um, especially around like the medical field and teachers I've heard it as CEs um, or aka continued education yes I I found a couple different definitions of professional development online I didn't find one that I was in love with but the general consensus I was getting is that professional development is like you said, the continued education and training to make you better at your career um, beyond the Mm day-to-day tasks. So it's kind of looking beyond, did I check everything off my list today? But like, what's going to prepare me for the next role? Like what's going to get me the promotion, the new job, the career pivot, like whatever that next step is, I think professional development doesn't prepare you for where you are. It like prepares you for where you want to go. That's true. And I've actually, I feel like for the most part in my career, I've had and I've worked with places that have supported that. So it has made being intentional about my professional development easier when a company like allows you the time to do it. I definitely feel for and empathetic for those who are in situations where you can barely stay above water on what is on your actual list of things you have to do to just do your job. And then now you're basically almost required to think about what you want to do outside of your job because of a promotion that you want to chase or a career pivot that you want to have, or if you're just a lifelong learner and you know, you want to step out of that everyday grind of what you're doing because, I mean, that's how we learn. We learn by learning things outside of what we know and what we know well. Um, And the only way to, you know, get better at something or become an expert at something else is to have continued education, to, to learn something outside of your job because that's where you learn from the experts. For sure. I think I'm someone who has been in the situation you describe where most of the places I've worked at have not had overly formal structured professional development programs. Um, Mm. That's not to say that I didn't grow tremendously and learn a lot at every place that I've worked at, but you know, some organizations are really good about, well, we have this program on this schedule. Here's the calendar. Here's the rubric curriculum. Um, rubric, Ooh, you know, throwback. I know, right? Some some places are really structured with them, like almost mini mm-hmm. classes in the workday. Many of the places, like I didn't learn in that formal setting, but I think there are pros, um, like positives to that because it taught me how to find growth opportunities on my own, and and I think there. Are, there are benefits to both. It's nice when when you can find like really organized programs and we can talk through some of those, whether it's workshops, trainings, et cetera, that really feed you that knowledge. But I think it's as valuable if you're not in that situation is how do I seek it out? Like who do I reach mm-hmm. out to and say, hey, there's not a formal mentoring program, but can I shadow you? in this arena. Like, I think, you know, if you're, if you want to get better at public speaking, if there's someone in your organization who does a lot of that work, can I come with you to that conference and watch, or can you let me be a part of some of the meetings where you're pulling together materials and decks and speeches and practices, you know? So 
it might be easier if someone like lays out a program for you. And I think that can be beneficial and that like you don't miss any of the key points. But I think if you're not in that situation, you don't have to necessarily feel like I'm unlucky or I'm missing out. You're just you're learning a different skill set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and I'll say the companies I worked for, it was not very structured or specific, which I appreciated. It was more so it was what I liked about it is it was incentivized to think about professional development and to think about where you want to be. What's the next step? How do we get you on a path to a promotion? Um, and so my company, the last one I worked at was really good about that. And so we had something called VCs, which are variable compensation, similar to what like a bonus program would be like. Um, and ours were set quarterly. And so each quarter before that next quarter started, we met with our manager and we were able to talk through what we thought we wanted to work on. And so maybe I liked a little bit more structure with mine and I like to sort of like hit certain categories. So I wanted something in brand. I, I needed something related to creative and I needed something related to like brand strategy, brand creative, and then social media strategy development. And so I would work on and have things in that in those categories um, based on what I wanted to develop some skills in. And so through that though, I was able to like be able to spend time in what I was getting paid to already do and my like quote 40 hour week and was able to attribute some of those hours to things I was working on. And it was great because the company, um, we had access to LinkedIn. Oh gosh, why am I like struggling with this word now? It wasn't LinkedIn premium, but you were able to have access to LinkedIn, LinkedIn learning. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. LinkedIn learning. And so we had full access. And so we were able to like use that. And I know if a company's not paying that for you, paying that for you, like you would have to pay for it out of pocket. Um, but there are like, I feel like so many free resources nowadays where you're able to quote, learn on the go and do some professional development and where it doesn't necessarily have to be that specific. Like I laid out mine where it, it did attribute to like me being on a promotion path or me doing something to develop me into what they needed me to be. But there's so many other like things that fall under professional development that may not look like it. I mean, I personally even think starting a hobby or just challenging yourself to stretch and have a new skill set. You know, if you're someone who is always like on the computer and you're you're in a creative field where you're thinking about campaigns or you're a designer or whatever – um, and it's sometimes really hard to be in that lane and just you have to sort of try being creative other ways, which pushes you to be more creative in your job. Like I feel like a lot of those things fall under professional development as well. Just thinking outside the box or like just getting yourself outside of work helps you be better at work. And you shared like an anecdote about how – um, you had interviewed somewhere and they had asked you a question about if you had hobbies or something like that. It was something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, it was like Squarespace. When I, years ago, when I interviewed there, they wanted to know like what your interests were and like what your thing was outside of work. Um, I think part of that was culture fit. It was also like, are you the kind of person who has a full life that would use a Squarespace, whether it's a blog, a side mm -hmm. business, a website? But one of the things you mentioned that I kind of want to go back to is, and it's something that I think about a lot with professional development, more so now at where I, where my headspace is now in my early thirties and like having like a decade into my career versus in my twenties, you mentioned that a lot of the professional development at companies helped to shape you for, I think your words were who they need me to be at that mm -hmm. organization. And I think that is something that we all need to watch for because I was very much that way. And that like early in my career, my eyes were really focused on what's the promotion at this organization? How do I move up at this job? Like the professional development I'm looking for is how am I a better person at this company? Whereas now I try to look outside of that and I try to think more, 
what are the skills and tools that are going to get me better at who I want to be, whether that person remains at this company or I take those skills to a different company or a different industry or a different country. You know, I think I think that's something you just have to be mindful of is like when you're getting development. And like you said, it doesn't have to just come from an organ, like a the, the person who's employing you, like it can come from multiple mm-hmm. sources. Just be mindful that even if your goal is to have a 35 year career and retire at that one company, just make sure that you're still learning things that could apply outside and that you're not just being groomed to be good at one place, but that Mm -hmm. you're being groomed to be good wherever you want to go. Yeah. Don't put your all eggs in one basket. (laughs) Yeah. Cause like, like we've learned that the hard way. Yeah. You're, you you get laid off or you're, you change your mind. Maybe you did want to be here for 35 years. Then you're like, you know what? I have a new passion or my life is moving in a new direction where this doesn't fit as seamlessly as it did when I was in a previous phase of my life. Um, And so like you, I, I appreciate really formal programs because I do think there are certain things where it is helpful to check those boxes and have someone who's really like an expert in a field say, hey, in this job, you do need to be really good at these things. I'm, I'm not knocking that. But I do also think it's helpful when I look outside of that. And so maybe we can talk about some of the free or maybe affordable resources outside of like a formal program. Like for me, social media, there's so many smart interesting people who are just giving away gems for free on social media. Mm -hmm. So curate your Instagram, your TikTok, your YouTube, wherever you hang out online. Like there are people who just want to share how they're doing things. And I find that super useful because a lot of them too are not doing it the way that a textbook would teach you. And so it's just giving you different examples or case studies of how to, how to achieve different goals. I know you're a huge like YouTube girly um, as in like probably out of all the social media platforms, that's where you gravitate towards, yes. where you consume a lot of your content, mm-hmm. um, which makes so much sense because it is the treasure trove of all things. <laughs> like the videos that I had access to that were paid for via LinkedIn Learning, so many of those people that did those LinkedIn Learning courses – have YouTube channels. And so they're giving out free content there as well. Um, I'd also say, I mean, let's see what else is like free podcasts. There are so many people who are dishing out episodes every week, maybe even like several times a week. Um, And it's like a a similar format with like discussions, bringing on experts and, and, and guest speakers and, how many t- like how many things have we learned in the past year from all of the authors that we've read books from this year? Books are a and big like, one for me too. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, we paid for those books because you know we wanted the physical books, but you know, libraries and and Libby offer and like audio books and things like that offer you like a great um, place to get them for free. Books being lent out, like there are definitely ways around having to spend a lot of money on learning. You know, Um, another platform that is actually, I've been picking up some good information from recently, Threads. I know Threads kind of burnt brightly when it launched. and (laughs) I know, I slipped off. I was so into it and then I slipped. (laughs) I don't think I've, I definitely haven't posted on Threads in months and I don't actively check it. But I also spend a lot of time on Instagram. And what I like is that my Instagram algorithm kind of knows the variety of things Mm. I'm interested in. So it will often recommend threads to me. And there are quite a few threads in that like entrepreneurship, self-improvement, professional development categories of people who I don't necessarily follow on Instagram. So it's just brought me like new voices of here's how I'm doing this or like, here's some steps. And I think just the way threads is laid out, I I think it's, I find it more informative than Twitter. I know Twitter probably has a more active user base, not probably, definitely has a more active user base, but I've been finding some good threads of people, especially like small business owners or small content creators, like people who are maybe closer 
to my journey, <laughs> you know, or that I'm like, oh, like, look at you just like sharing eight posts in a thread about how you are monetizing this or how you are making time in your life for this other thing. And I, I find that threads is, I think that's a hidden treasure trove. Yeah. And I'm glad um, it'll like pop up on your Instagram feed. Like it'll just like have like a little scroll thing kind of like Reels does so you can like click through them because I definitely like, oh, right. Like it reminds me that threads exist. <laughs> I need the reminder and I too. Need to, like, <laughs> I need to go click into it. I also honestly just love having conversations with people, friends and family. Like those are the biggest places where I typically find myself learning the most. And I just love being around people that I'm just constantly learning from. I think that is almost like one of my like my non-negotiables of of I don't know of, of ways I respect other individuals is like if if I'm continuing like learning from them. Um and not that they necessarily need to do that for me. I think I also just have to be an individual who is like open ears and open minds and wanting to hear what they've got to share with me. Um but just kind of like digging through the the soft talk or the that's not soft talk. What is it? Small, Small talk. talk. <laughs> soft talk. I guess it could be described as soft talk as well. But kind of getting through the small talk and just striking a conversation with people. Um, yeah, I do a lot of like my my learning from there, and it just sort of like domino dominoes effects of like they share me they share with me a resource that they found online. I know we do that a lot. I mean, we do that a lot on the podcast, but we have been doing that a lot in our friendship of like, oh, have you heard of so-and-so? Have you heard about this book? Have you heard about this author, this film? And then it just sort of like dominoes effects into us being able to share our resources with one another and not gatekeep. Yeah, no gatekeeping. And I think a part of that, because I'm like you, I think conversations with peers, networking, however you want to describe it, um, is a, a huge source of professional development too. And I think what I have been pleasantly surprised by is how much learning and development I can get from people who are also younger than me and who are on very different paths than I am. So I might, you know, talk to someone in medicine and say, listen, I have no desire to be an ER surgeon, but they might have- no. <laughs> so far removed <laughs> from my interest, but I think it is such an important job, obviously. <laughs> but they have tips about time management or, you know, even just different things in their industry, which might look very different from mine, but I'm still learning things. There are people much younger than me, people who I'll admit, maybe like the nature of my relationship with them most of the time didn't feel like, oh, you're a learning resource. You're a fun friend. Like we go out, we do stuff. But I think everyone is really interesting and really smart and has something to teach you. So like I've asked some of my people who I previously would have labeled, and I know you're not supposed to label people. So I am embarrassed that I did that. But I've asked them, you know, for their advice on things or insights. And I've just been so positively like wowed by the things that they have to share of like oh these are the things I'm doing here's some tools here's some things I'm like oh my gosh like why did I not think that you would be so brilliant um so definitely you can learn from the surgeon you can learn from the guy at the bodega the person checking out your you know things at the grocery store and any job field level age there's, there is just a lot of that informal learning that you can do um, and apply it because I think everyone just has has an interesting story that you can learn from and apply to your field. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's so funny because, you know, it was Christmas not too long ago and I was having a conversation with one of my, is he 19, 19-year-old cousins? And so he's in, he's in college right now. Um, and I was just, you know, we're talking about stuff. A, shout out to him just like asking like what's up with my life. I know that sounds so silly, but, you know, he, you're when you're young, like I don't know. I'm like I just don't feel like I'm like as cool anymore to them. But he was like still interested in my life. So anyway, that's besides the point. You're but cool he to was, me. 
<laughs> he was talking to me about like what he's majoring in and he said it was um oh no i'm gonna mess it up now i think it was environmental environmental engineering and i was like whoa I've never actually like heard of that engineering and we were talking about things and I thought it was, you know, I was kind of using the word, I was like throwing out the term like sustainability and things like that. Um, and in a nice way, he sort of like corrected me and was like, yeah, it's it's actually more about restoration and um, like prevention and like, and you know, I was just like, oh, you know, and to, to, to your point, just, yeah, I mean, there's so many people are doing so many different things in this life and just learning from people and just like hearing him and how he's thinking about what he wants to do and what he wants to do with his major, what he's going to graduate school for. I mean, in my eyes, like, I'm like, oh, I didn't even sort of, I'm using the word sustainability, but it's kind of like a step, multiple steps beyond that. And I'm like, I don't recall that ever being a major when I was in school. And that's really cool that like, you know, your school and your university has these like kinds of programs. And I'm like, man, that actually kind of feels like something that I would want to be interested in if I went to back to school and things like that. So professional development is really just like having the constant need and craving for learning. And that if a, I mean, a, it's it's great when a company can recognize that and put forth some programming and some you know dollars towards it or incentivizing or at least just like your manager um but i think it is like an innate thing for you to want to to continue learning um it just gets you out of like your everyday grind and makes you know and it expands your world it really like opens up your eyes to other things and like if it wasn't you know like I believe like this podcast is um a bullet under our professional development I mean we're learning what it's like to be podcasters we are podcasters um but you know we've talked a lot about what it's like to be audio engineers <laughs> in air quotes for sure you know <laughs> like we're we're acquiring a ton of a ton of different skills and I think I think most people in this world do want to continue learning and are interested in growing. I really do believe that curiosity is in everyone. And I think, I think when, when you're, when you're meeting someone, whether it's like someone in the workplace, uh, a potential new friend, or you're meeting someone and they just seem like they're not interested in acquiring more knowledge or developing. Mm -hmm. I think it, that usually means that a, they don't know where they want to go. And so it's like, you know, knowledge that's not related to like your interests or your direction can feel superfluous and a waste of time. So it's either that they don't know where they're going or B, they know where they're going and what you're teaching them is not pushing them in that direction. You know, like if someone sat down with me and said, hey, let's have a whole professional development course on, uh, I don't know, copyright law. I might find like <laughs> copyright law and intellectual property stuff like vaguely interesting, but I don't necessarily want to go through the ropes of developing in that field. That's not of interest to me. However, mm -hmm. if I'm a lawyer who is interested in like arts, entertainment, you know, like creative stuff, maybe that's exactly what I want to do because like I want to know how like artists are protecting their music and that sort of thing. So I I think sometimes when you find someone or even like when you find it in yourself, like when I've been resistant to professional development opportunities that are offered to me, I look at myself and I say, why? You know, because I, I do like learning and I am really curious. And usually the answer is that I either don't know what I want to do or I know mm -hmm. and what you're teaching me is pushing me in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be a nice flag yeah. of like, ah. Actually, this is boring. <laughs> yeah, like, why don't I want to be better at this? Like, maybe, maybe this isn't what I want to be doing long term, even if I haven't like wrapped my mind around that already. And so, I don't know enough about other industries, but I I do know that for teachers and for 
a handful of folks in the medical field, maybe if not everybody in the medical field, like I know for Eric, like he has to have, he has to put in like a certain amount of CEs every quarter, every year, something like that. And I believe teachers have to do the same, like maybe every few years. Um, And I feel like there are definitely other positions out there that require quote CE credits. Um, especially those who have like licensures. And so that's why like Eric as a respiratory therapist has to have CEs. I know nurses do. Um, There was a whole episode on Abbott Elementary that was recommended by Renee for me to watch. Um, But there was a whole episode on that for CEs for teachers. And I see that like as a lot of like requirements for, you know, those types of positions and careers. And I'm curious if like, if that should be a requirement for all. Um, I know it's not like as black and white as like a simple yes or no question um, because I also feel like there are some not so great things about having CEs for some of those teachers and medical field folks because I've watched like a couple of those that Eric has had to do and I'm like, it's so outdated. It's not very engaging. I could see why people are like so annoyed with them. Yeah. Especially if it's sort of like shoved down your throat that you have to do this or else you won't get your money. And if it's the same – like I I agree with you. If it's the same old webinar that we've been just replaying once a year since the 1970s, that's a waste of time. (laughs) Like that's not useful. (laughs) But to your question, I think I like the idea of sort of mandating some sort of continuing education in all fields. Obviously, that's going to look – a little different, you know, like medical field, lack of knowledge could cost someone their life, lack of knowledge in my field. I guess the campaign didn't do so hot, (laughs) like in sales, (laughs) that has a ripple effect, I'm sure to shareholders, businesses, whatever, but like the stakes are admittedly lower. (laughs) But I I do think I do think it is important, though, um, because every, every field, is going to be impacted by change and new things. Like, obviously, everyone's talked about AI nonstop in 2023. That's like the big buzzword. AI is coming for your jobs. AI is disrupting the future of work. AI is changing how we do our jobs. Like, okay, got it. That's like a a new force that is, well, not brand new, but it is something that we're all having to grapple with. And I'm sure four or five years from now, we'll be like, AI was nothing. This new thing that we haven't even dreamt up yet (laughs) is really shaking yeah. up, you know, automation for so many, like, craft and skill workers. Having a assemb- like, the, the Model T, the Ford assembly line, that was disruptive. Like, every industry or career path is going to face some sort of change that we should all mm-hmm. be incentivized to pay attention to it. Because you're right, sometimes you're, if I'm not incentivized and I'm super busy – I'm not going to find the time in the day to do it, even if I want to. But if I mm-hmm. need to, I will find the time. You know, if like there's like whether you said financial compensation or other sorts of um, like, what do you call it? Like punishments. <laughs> if you reprimand. That's the word I was looking for. Like um, retribution. That's, that sounds so like vigilante, like I'm getting revenge. <laughs> But yeah, like there needs to be consequences to like not doing certain things. So I think that is a a really interesting idea you have. It, I mean, you know, coming from where I was last, my last job where it was kind of mandated, forced in a way, like that sounds way more like structured and like quote rough than it was. Like I actually enjoyed it and my team enjoyed it. Um, It really illuminated a lot of, like things I'm like wow I actually found a lot of like joy and fun in like doing this sort of like research that yes it did help the company but it also like forced me to not just like do what I do every day and like think outside the box um and I I feel like if more companies like allowed the space for that growth then people would be more willing to do those types of things and like actually grow and then get themselves out of autopilot in that job, which I feel like win-win situation, win-win for the individual and like a win 
for the company. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of people really kind of shape their experience with work by bringing in that information or skill set and saying, hey, you guys have never worked with influencers before. Let me come and kind of lead this program in the company. Yeah, let me pilot this program. Are you guys, there's like a a cool new Six Sigma like business thing that's happening. Let me go, you know, to a, a conference to learn about it. And then I'll come bring this stuff back to our company so we can level up. Like, mm-hmm. it, I think it gives you, like you said, you get off autopilot and it gives you more agency and control of what you're doing. It makes you feel more invaluable to, mm-hmm. you know, whether you work for yourself or you work for someone else. Like, it just gives you a little more of like, oh, she's special. She's bringing things, to, you know, like there's that, that meme now of like, what do you bring to the table? Like, you should be able to list a couple of things easily and say, this is what I bring to the table that makes me really necessary here. And it's okay if you don't have those answers right now. I don't know if you put me on the spot right now, if I could give you a list of four or five things, but I think we should all be Yeah, please aiming. don't ask me that question yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm saying, like me, me neither, but we should all be in a place where it's like, if you ask me, yeah, I can tell you, like, this is why I'm here. And people be like, mm-hmm. all right, then that is why you're here. <laughs> And yeah, that's it. Okay, so kind of my my, I'm thinking about what you said earlier about how if your company's not kind of giving you that space to sort of make that space for yourself, and um, yeah, make a case for it. You know, like there are a lot. Like I understand actual physical conferences are expensive. You have to pay for hotels. A lot of companies may not be able to do that for you. But I do know that there's a lot of like free conferences that may not necessarily cost you money, but it does cost you time and it does take, quote, time away from your job. But if you're, you know, know, please have that relationship with like your manager, open up that conversation and like seek those opportunities out for yourself and then make the case and sell it to them of why this is a value not only to me, but of to the position I have to the team that I'm leading and to the initiative that we have. And I feel like that is one way to make space for professional development um, wherever you are in your career is, you know, yes, having to find those opportunities, but backing them up and, you know, tying them to the quote, the bottom line and, and figuring out a way to, you know, have them quote, like sign off on you just taking a a half day of work so that you can sit in on some of these like webinars and hopefully learn something from them. Yeah. I know um, one of the companies I worked for allowed us to do that. If we, I knew it was like extra work, but it was, it's great because I kind of like taking notes after I do something. If once we did this like online conference, if we come back and we were either A, able to write a blog post for our website or B, have like a short three to five minute presentation that we could share with the team on it. And I was like, that's like a, I feel like that was like a good, you know, balance. Yeah. I I have not worked at any single company, nor have I really heard of any company through like my friends that wouldn't be open to the conversation if you brought something to the table. Everyone has their own budget. They might not be able to sign off, but I can't think of any place that wouldn't want to at least have that conversation and really look into it. And Mm -hmm. like you said, it might be a little extra work. Like sometimes if you want to get better, it might require extra work. It might require (laughs) staying after hours. You might have to do a little something on the weekend. Like Mm -hmm. I just want to put that out there too. Like, yes, I believe in work-life balance. I believe in not burning yourself out and being miserable, but Sometimes you don't get to the top by saying it's 501 laptops down every single day. Like, yeah. I just, maybe yeah. that makes me sound like an old lady. I'm like, no, but I it think doesn't. It's like, I just want people to remember that you have to put in a little extra to get a little extra sometimes. Unless you're you fine just like coasting. A millennial, Renee. I know. I, and I, I, I'm young, I'm hip, whatever. But like, I don't know. Like, if you want extraordinary results, you have to put in extraordinary effort sometimes, at least for a little while. Yeah, I yeah, maybe that's like a whole other episode. So I'll like end it here. But I definitely feel like as <laughs> that is one of the things I worry about with 
just di- the direction the mass population is going in is maybe we've swung a little too far this way of being a little too soft, being a little too sensitive, being a little too I don't want to work. And I'm scared of those after effects leading down the road of like what our career, what our world looks like because of that mentality. But anyway, I have to end it there because I might go on a tangent. <laughs> no, I, I I appreciate that. And to be continued. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> For sure. I, I, I have thoughts, so to be continued. <laughs> I don't mind work, okay? Um, all right, transitioning though. Um, what's your gold star this week? Or the, the what's your gold star for the first of the year? Oh my god. Okay, well, I don't know if we need to high put stakes. all of that <laughs> high stakes pressure on this gold star, but this gold star actually came from you, a recommendation from my co-pilot, Melissa. Wow. Um, it's the Birdie personal safety alarm. So I yes. have just I've lived in New York more or less for about a decade now. And, you know, every place you live in, the suburbs, rural, urban areas, like they have their dangers. Um, And especially as a woman identifying person, sometimes there might be more danger or I I might just seem like an easier target. And so basically the birdie personal safety alarm, it's a really small, compact, attractive alarm. You can put it on a keychain. And if you're in a situation of danger, which obviously hope that none of us ever are, you can pull it and it shines a bright light and it emits a really loud alarm that just kind of creates commotion in your area. So if like someone's trying to accost you, if you're feeling uneasy, it just draws attention and might, you know, hopefully kind of diffuse a situation from escalating in a way. They market it heavily towards um, like mothers, daughters, women, but it it's really just a helpful tool for any person of any gender yeah. um, just to have as like in their safety arsenal. But what's interesting about Birdie um, is that they also give a portion of proceeds of all of their sales to organizations that fight um, like domestic violence and other um, really important causes like that. So it's, I think it's pretty affordable. I think it's like in the I don't want to give the price because there's depending on where it retails, but it's not super expensive. It's cheap, cute. It gives you a little extra sense of security. And mm-hmm. L, you recommended it to me and <laughs> I'm excited to have it. Hope I never need it. <laughs> I like that. It's a something where, we, yeah, we definitely hope no one ever actually has to use. But it's one of those things where like it doesn't hurt to have it. And so it does just give me like peace of mind and – um, it is like a you know very aesthetically pleasing looking device that you may not necessarily know like oh that person has that tool on hand even though that's also nice to know if someone's trying to like accost you on the street. Um, and I personally am looking for like other tools that other people have. I like it because it's to me I feel like it's just like startling, especially if you're in an area where there's people around. Like it's not a pleasant sound. Um, and, so and it's, it's loud, like a startler. I tested mm-hmm. it this morning. It is loud. So if there are nearby shops, residences, other people, it will get their attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and both uh, Renee and I have the same color. So <laughs> gotta love that red-ish coral. I wish yeah, it was more of like a coral-ish. true red, but yeah, close enough. <laughs> yeah. I co-signed Birdie. Um. Okay, so my gold star goes out to a company called Candle Science, and they are headquartered in Durham. Um, So a couple years ago, I was introduced to this brand because we had one of those like cultural uh, things at work, and someone taught all of us how to make candles. And it was through this company where they sent these candle making kits, and then we sort of like did it all in Zoom, and it was really fun. And so, I mean, it left an impression because this year for Christmas, for a lot of my gifts, I made candles. And so I thrifted candle vessels, either mugs or just like these really pretty glass containers or ceramics that you can reuse. And I bought all of my materials and my um, 
all my kit stuff from Candle Science, including all of my scents. And I just had like a really good experience with how quick their shipping was, like the quality of their wax. I even had to like – I didn't buy enough wax, <laughs> learning as I learning as I go, did not buy enough. And so I had to go to Michael's just to buy some wax because I was in a rush and I, I couldn't wait for the shipping. And you could tell the difference of quality between the candles I made with like the soy candle wax from Candle Science versus just this one-off brand I got at Michael's. Um, and they have like a bunch of YouTube channels, uh, speaking of learning, YouTube channels on like how to make it, how to measure temperature correctly. Um, and they say that they support candle making hobbyists and small businesses and indie brands, which I just thought was really cool. And so they also do like candle supplies, but also soap making supplies. Uh, haven't delved into that, but if you're looking to start or try a new hobby, um, I would highly, highly suggest Candle Science. And it's cool because they're in Durham. And so now instead of like shipping my stuff, I can do like curbside pickup, which is awesome. <laughs> Durham and Sea Baby. Um, what was your favorite scent? Ooh, okay. So I'm like a citrusy scent or and or like clean. So anything like clean smelling, um, I know it's like like linen or like uh, citrus I like. If you're into the anthropology, like they sell this at anthropology a lot and that's like the Capri Blue Volcano scent, the equivalent to that on candle science is called citrus agave. So that one's highly recommended. And then the other one I bought is citrus sunshine. Um, so actually I think actually between the two I prefer citrus sunshine. Um, but I'm excited because I'm going to definitely try more scents. Those both sound so amazing. I love a good smelling candle. Like when a space smells nice. Mm, mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, yeah. It was – I had all the gifts in my car and I, you know, did that long trek um, down the East Coast <laughs> a couple <laughs> days ago. And my whole car just like smelled because of all the candles that I had in the car. <laughs> it was great. I was going to say, it sounds like a great problem. Uh, I love yeah. that. Great, good problem to have. Okay, I'll have to look into candle science. Um, what are you manifesting this week? Mm, so again, this is a quote from somebody who shared it on their stories. Um, but it is attributed to uh, Michelle C. Clark. And it's a <laughs> – I see Renee nodding. Life is better when you make space for what you love. This world can rob you of every ounce of happiness that you possess if you let it. You have to be intentional about giving yourself things to look forward to. You have to prioritize your joy. And this is so great because I love rounding out conversations because we talked about earlier this episode about how we just feel so like scattered. We're pulled from like left to right. I absolutely felt that way as well. And so how can I build my life intentionally in a way that I actually make space and the time for the things that I enjoy? And we even talked about this a couple episodes ago of that end of year feeling at the end of the day. And so how do we just like get rid of that like high stress, got to get everything done feeling? It's probably because we didn't do enough of what we wanted to do at the beginning of the day. Um and so I really liked that, bringing that energy to the rest of the year. Like that revenge bedtime procrastination, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I've done I that. learned that term in COVID and realized <laughs> that I had done a lot of that <laughs> over the years. But yeah, I follow Michelle C. Clark on Instagram too. Um, that's a great manifestation. I kind of wish we'd ended with yours, actually. Um, mine for this week is a song lyric from Tegan and Sarah. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Yeah. And it kind of fits in with our theme of professional development. It's from their song, My Number. Um, The manifestation is, it's a silly time to learn to swim when you start to drown. And I've just always liked that line. And I just think it's a good, it's a good reminder. Like, don't wait until things are really floundering to like get your skill set in order and get 
you know, organized about what I want to learn and what I want to do. Like learn to swim now. <laughs> do not wait till you're going down to be like, hmm, God, I wish I wish I got a handle on that AI thing or whatever the equivalent <laughs> is <laughs> in your life. Um, just don't wait until you're drowning to get those skills ready. <laughs> <For dancing. laughs> learn about AI, folks. They're coming for you. I, I really don't want to feed into the AI fear mongering. <laughs> um it's really i i just don't even want to think about ai (laughs) but i know it's a thing i was like all about my whole role last my last job so i'm like ai'd out i know i'm just like i'm tired of hearing it actually i saw one thing um like a journalist was pulling together like a list of 2024 trends you know like if different people like experts in different fields are like what are the big trends for next year and they said in their note do not talk to me about ai like that's a given tell me something else (laughs) like we're already over yeah like it hasn't even come and we're like just we're done um i kind of feel that way about bitcoin i'm like i i'm not gonna understand it i don't understand it please don't make me understand all the cryptocurrencies (laughs) yeah 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 i might regret saying that, that but like well, don't know. Well, you can't know I don't everything. Know if it's, yeah, I'm not sure if it's in my like professional development list. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be focusing but. your efforts elsewhere. Um, I have one quick thing to share before we leave. So next week we are having our first book club of 2024. Woohoo! <laughs> and we'll be reading The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins which neither of us have read anything by Mel, but we both Mm-mm. like see her stuff online on, on social media and find her really cool. So excited to read it. The cover has a big sticker that says over 1 million copies sold. So, oh yeah, the five second rule, the fastest oh, way to change that. your life. So if you're looking for some shortcuts, tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm excited. Me too. All right. Well, um, thanks for being here. We're really excited for what's to come for our piloting journey in 2024 and for this podcast. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Happy New Year. See ya. Bye.